0: Praise the Lord. I was so moved by the Holy Spirit this morning that uh, I just, even before we were um, just in our rehearsal, I just wanted to hug people and cry and then say, I'm done, and go home, you know? this a beautiful time. How many of you do sense just this intimate grace just inviting us into this deeper place with the Lord? Today, the culture is really wounded, uh, even more than ever. There's more brokenness than ever. And, but the, the thing that's changed, it seems to me, is how much people are now beginning to look to Jesus for the help and not to other things. You know, every other religion, every other, God bless them all, every other ideology, every other spiritual search, everything that people look for, go after, brings them into a place of coming under something where they begin to be oppressed. And on the horizon, Jesus is the only one that sets people free. And he's being exalted in the earth. Would you say this word with me? Building an altar. This morning we're going to talk about building an altar. My uh, grandkids are memorizing a verse. I just love this verse, Romans 15:4. It says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope and i want to look at the life of abraham and glean from abraham's life he's known as of course the father of our faith and he's a you know even though he's a patriarch in the old testament this is really interesting he's before the law and there's people that, uh, I'm just to throw this out here, there's people that get hung up, well, uh, tithing is under the law. No, it isn't. No, no, no. It's a universal principle that happened before the law. And, G- and uh, this is interesting, But Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, and Melchizedek, as it reveals in Hebrews, is Jesus. And it says all of his generations out of his loins were tithing to the Lord Jesus. Isn't that amazing? This is not a tithing message at all, but... I just thought that was totally cool. Abraham is not only the father of our faith, but he's the pattern that we follow in growing in our faith in God. A template, so to speak. So the things that go on in his life go on in our life. I'm just so grateful because the one thing that we have that sets us apart from every other group on the planet is the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. It empowers us, includes us, restores us. There's salvation in His presence. There's joy in His presence. There's restoration. Everything is in His presence. The presence of God, Jack Haber once said, is what everything is about. You know the difference between reading your Bible without the presence of God and reading your Bible with the presence of God. Revelation pops off the page. It's a feast in the presence of God. I want us to pray as we look into this. Would you lift your heads? Father God, I ask as we open our hearts to you that your word reveals your love for each of us powerfully. You have declared I've loved you with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And yet, to this day, many people carry in their hearts a blockage to your love. Many carry a shield made from bitter life experiences that not only protects them from further pain, but also, unfortunately, protects them from your freeing love. And I pray today for the Holy Spirit's freedom to manifest within all of us and cut off anything that would hinder your love in jesus name amen so you and i like abraham have a lifelong journey now i want to just read a verse and then explore what's in this verse and then go to another verse and explore what's in that verse and we're going to develop this idea of what it means to build an altar. Now the very first thing that God says to Abraham it says, "Now the Lord said to Abram, it's before his was, name was changed to Abraham. Just kind of repeat this with me. Ready, get out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation." I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. <laughs> now look, also, all too often we've reduced the gospel which is so important but, but it's basically we're sinner, sinners separated from God. Jesus came, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for our forgiveness of sin, our sin and rose again and then when we put our faith in him uh, we are now made right with God and we have eternal life. A lot of people stop there, period. Let me just go ahead and tell you, I got saved when I was 17. I was bound until I was 30-something. 17, 18 years, walking in pure bondage. I couldn't, I wasn't free. I was going to heaven, but I had a loaded suitcase full of pain and bondage and hurt. I needed somehow to open that thing and dump that out. How about you? So this is... Basically, another way I could say what Father God is saying in this passage to Abraham. It says, Abraham, and go ahead and elbow the person. This is for you. This is for you. (laughs) Father God is saying to you, my purpose with you is to make you a blessing. And you will become a blessing to those around you. My love and grace will flow through you. You have no idea about how fruitful, the fruitful and useful place that I'm taking you. In your journey with me, you will leave behind the mentality that you grew up with that hinders you. You will leave your former way of thinking that opposes my best for you. You will grow to trust me and you will uh, and and not uh, live by what you see around you. You'll grow to Trust me when I say something that appears to be contrary to what's going on around you and I will birth new life in you. You will receive a new identity based on what I say about you, not based on where you came from. On this journey, the hindering habits of the past will be broken. Oh, come on. The hurts of the past will all be healed. In this new place, you will be rooted and grounded in the depth of my love for you. Everybody says, let's go together. Let's go together. Let's go together. And here's the thing Abraham did it. He responded. He obeyed. He left things behind. How many of you, when you're walking with the Lord, you've noticed you've left some things behind? That you have a place where your destiny is fulfilled, and God intends to make you a blessing. So little, you know. Are you leaving some things behind? Has the Holy Spirit been talking to you? And you go, eh, no, I want that. Like the little monkey. You know, they, they catch a monkey that put a banana inside of it. And he goes in there and he can't, won't let go. And he's trapped, you know. When you won't let go, you get trapped. Are you moving forward in God's purpose in your life? Well, here's, here's what happened. Now, I'm going to jump to these altar building moments, these altar building moments. So the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I'll give you this land. And there was a new place that he brought him to. So he brought him to this place, and this is what the word says in uh, Genesis 12, 7 and 8. It says, and there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Like Abraham, God established you and me in a place of promise, and you and I are going to be building altars as we go. And I'll talk about this more. Your prayer life will increase. And uh, God uh, desires to fulfill these, the deepest desires of your heart. What you're created for begins to manifest. So what does it mean to build an altar? Uh, building an altar, say this with me, is establishing God's destiny in your heart. So an altar requires two things. It requires a place, and it requires a sacrifice. A place and a sacrifice. Abraham built his altars out of stones, which represent hard things. He gathered stones... And he put them in order before the Lord, and he offered a sacrifice in worship. So now today, the place of the altar is your heart, right here. This guy said, this is where my altar is, right here. It's my altar, right here. And the sacrifices that we bring before God are the hard things. heart issues of life we put them in an order before him and we sacrifice our self-will jesus modeled this for us he built an altar in his heart in gethsemane and he said not my will but thy will be done could you say that to the lord right now Not my will, but thy will be done. And here's how that works. There's no way that I can pull that off. It must be done by a work of the Holy Spirit inside of me. It must be done by Jesus doing something. But I can come and I can build the altar. I can tell the Lord. And it's another passage that kind of points us out. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Would you just... um, just for a moment, close your eyes, and I want to ask you this question. Don't look around. Are you where God wants you? See that, son? Are you where God wants you? Now, I have an impression the Holy Spirit give me, and it's just Jesus taking you by the hand in a very graceful way and leading you to where He wants you. Will you let Him do that? No matter what you've been struggling with, what you've been facing, what your heart wrestles with, will you allow the Lord during this time to take you by the hand and bring you to a place of His precious freedom in your life? And here's what happens. When you build an altar, when you sacrifice to Him, when you say, not my will, but mine be done, there comes a communing with the Lord. There comes an intimacy with Him. There comes an inner strength, an ability that you didn't have before. And he begins to do things inside of you to awaken you to a newness and goodness of his life. It changes you inside. Let's go ahead and praise him just for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Your ways are higher than ours. You don't ever look down on us and say, try harder on your own strength. It's not you. What you do is you come and you take us by the hand. And you give us a strength we've never had before. And we thank you for that. Let's just worship him. Just build an altar. Say, Lord, thank you that when we bring the hard things of our hearts before you in a sacrificial way, you take us by the hand and lead us into a place of promise, a place of hope, where vital life will happen in Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah and this is the kickoff scripture that begins the altar building this is where it starts but then what happens wouldn't you know a famine comes into the land of promise can i tell you that a famine came later when his son isaac was there and his son isaac didn't leave during the famine and the Lord blessed him in the midst of the famine. That's what happened. Abraham didn't have this all figured out yet. So what Abraham did, when and here's the question, is whenever famine hits your life, do you stay put or go to Egypt? <laughs> Abraham went to Egypt. Now, there's a lot of lessons all wrapped up in this. He had an encounter with the Pharaoh about his wife, Saying it was a sister and all this stuff. And and but here's what happens: he comes back. Thank you, Jesus. He comes back after wandering around. He comes back from wandering off to Egypt, still experiencing the covering of the Lord in the midst of his wanderings. Thank God. How are you so happy about that? That there's still a blessing of the Lord abiding. Available to you, even though you're wandering off the path. Take God. How many of us, like, you know, shoot yourself in the foot? Says, uh, anyway. It is, it's so interesting to me that God is with us in our missteps. That's what's so... So Genesis 13, 3 through 4 says it this way. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. I'm back. I know you have been with me in my wanderings, but I'm back on track now. He came back to where God was wanting him to be and quit being in limbo. What, you will, ha- what will happen when you come back is you will rely on God more the question is is God calling you back to where he wants you because today is altar building day in our hearts are you declaring to him I want to be fulfilling the destiny that you have called me to and prosper me in the place of That you have designed for me prosper. There's just a moment of worship in this. There's a gratitude that rises from our hearts when we realize the sovereignty of the Lord working in our midst. In the midst of our brokenness, missteps, wonderings, confusions brought about by our own frailty, our own failures that the Lord takes us graciously again and says, we're going to still make your name great. We're going to still bless you so you can be a blessing. We're still going to do that. That's never changed. Can we just uh, take a moment I have a little bit more to take. go here. It's not much, but um, I think the Lord um, kept prodding me to, in our worship time, I felt like he was saying, there was an image that came about the wind blowing. I think I sang it, I guess sometimes you know down in in the areas of the ocean there's these places they're called doldrums and a ship can get there and the wind doesn't blow in the in the old days when sea travel depended on the the breezes you just get stuck you don't move forward but there's a new wind blowing in the land. I'm telling you, there are millions of people, millions of people that are going to come into the kingdom of God. A work of the Holy Spirit inside the heart. Key for us to understand this. And He's sweeping across the earth new terms like ecclesia the ruling body of the remnant that cry out before the throne and decree god's purposes in the earth and things begin to take shape true spiritual authority is not just a positional thing but it's something that's developed and when it's developed because you're under the rule and authority of jesus that you begin to speak to things that have held up whole cities and they go down things that have been blockages to people's souls they go down Curses are broken, and there's a lot of that's going on, a lot of that. There's a lot of people hung up because they've, their own mouth has cursed themselves. They've lived under, like my story, you know, lived under receiving information about yourself that was not good, and you believe that about yourself, and it's a curse. The Lord says, I want to break those things, those hindrances that hold you back from where you're supposed to go. He's so gracious that way. He's in authority that way. And then he puts you in authority to speak it over your family. And you become the life-giving resource and the change agent by the Holy Spirit's gracing to work in your own family. Because you've left, like Abraham, the shaping influences of those earlier formative years. And you've, you've gone through the suffering to come out of that and you come into a place where now he can rest something new and vital and anoint you in a way that cause you to have life-giving words and, and actions to help people break through out of their bondages, their hurts, be healed in their hurts. Aren't you happy the Lord does that for us? And see, so this, this whole thing about when I come into the place of purpose, I build an altar. But then when I've wandered off and I'm coming back to the place of purpose, I build an altar. And here's the beautiful thing of it. The Lord made it all come to pass in his son Abraham. Hallelujah. And then it finally came to pass. Finally, came to pass. He promised that he would have a son. There's so many lessons in the life of Abraham of messing up. You know, has anybody ever heard the term of "I birthed an Ishmael"? I was trying to make God's will happen on my own steam, and I got something going that wasn't of Him, and now I'm in trouble. It's best just not to get in the way, just to stand and keep trusting. How many of you birthed an Ishmael or two along the way? (laughs) Oh, gosh, there's an altar for you today. (laughs) Help me, Lord. But now here's the beautiful thing about this. 25 years later, after he's promised him a promised son, Abraham has Isaac and Isaac grows up and he loves him 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 and And there's a beautiful picture that comes it's really kind of terrifying though but way way back in Genesis 22 verse 9 God says I want let me let me just hopefully I can get this across to you Now, there's this knitting together of Abraham's heart with his son. It's beautiful. The promise that God has given by his hand, that's fulfillment to Abraham, becomes more valuable to him than the face of the one who gave it. The blessing becomes greater than the blesser. But it's a picture. It's a picture of how much Father God wanted you Because the Son of God and the Father God could stay knitted together and have never included us, and there's a prophetic picture. God tells Abraham, "I want you to sacrifice your beloved son." In the most amazing thing, Abraham sets out the next morning early to do it. Genesis 22 9. And they came to the place where God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And then he bound Isaac. His son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. He determined the blessing is not going to be greater in my life than the blesser. I'm not just going to seek his hand for what he can do for me. I'm going to seek his face for who he is to me. And the Lord, after that test was passed, suddenly there was a ram caught in the thicket. And the angel said, Don't do it. You've passed the test. And they sacrificed the lamb. And Father God wanted you to be knitted to Him that Jesus came willingly to become the sacrifice for you. And there was no ram in the thicket. Jesus became the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. And all of your hurts... And all of your wounds, and all of your failures, and all of your weaknesses, all of your bondages, all of your sorrows, all of your griefs, all of your losses, all of the tragic traumas, all of the things that have held you back have been nailed to the cross. And the power of those are broken. But it happened when Abraham built the altar. There's something that happens this release when you settle it in your heart. I'm going to establish my destiny and my purpose in God. I'm building an altar. Would you just lift your head to the Lord right now? I, I thought maybe we would have some time to come down to the altar and uh, I'm going to invite you if you want to do that. It's not really... I don't feel moved upon to coordinate a time at the altar. I want us to... Lift our heads before the Lord just for a minute and allow Him to do something. He began it a little while ago during worship. Just go ahead and lift your head to the Lord. Just lift it up. Would you allow your heart to open? I believe the Lord wanted to um, pause there to come for several people a hope where hope had gone away to bring the seed of hope, the desire for deep-rooted change to occur. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and work right now, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit. You establish your heart before the Lord. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and take away to break shackles, hindrances, idols, things that have held you back, fears, insecurities. I'm just going to keep talking here. Bad self-image, negative words negative words hold people in bondage bring the hard things that you've spoken against yourself and build an altar right now words like I could never I don't think I could as if the pressure of your spiritual life was on you that's not it today you're bringing your weakness to the Lord taking the hard things and you're stacking them up and as you stack them up a fire is going to come out of heaven and consume it Holy Spirit come Spirit, come. The anointing destroys the yoke, and where you have been yoked up with pain and habits that you don't want. The anointing has come right now to destroy the yoke. Holy Spirit, come. Just go ahead and say, I don't want it anymore. Just tell the Lord, I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Take it from me. I renounce its power in my life. I don't want these fears. I don't want this habit. I'm building an altar in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and destroy the work of darkness. Jesus came to destroy the works of darkness sin had opened doors he's come to remove the power of that the demonic hold is broken in the name of Jesus I see uh, him lifting heavy yokes I see that Holy Spirit come in your power your anointing lift the heaviness from the shoulders in the name of Jesus come now come now we partner with you Holy Spirit move and destroy the works of darkness Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on up, honey. I think I'm feeling there may be some work to be done. There's some kind of an act of faith when you do stand and move to a new place. Go ahead, honey.
1: Hallelujah. The Word of God is filled with times where action is taken. And talking about building an altar, with stones, though we don't have stone. What do you have to do to start that altar? You have to get down on your knees to place the first stone. So, that's up to you, beloved. But the altar can be the place where you put the first stone. On your knees, there are no royal rocks for you to begin to build but your knees become the altar. If that's you, don't be embarrassed because there's not one of us who hasn't had to put their knees to the floor and sometimes their face. So do it. Don't be afraid because nobody's looking at you. We're all looking at ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.